Hello, everybody. Welcome to Women Investor Wednesday. As I'm typing, we had some technical difficulties, and Naomi will be joining us very soon. You guys have are having a great, happy new year and had a great holiday. Josie's asking me if I'm good. I'm good. Hope you guys are good too. Let's see. Here. There we go. So who's here? Let me know you're here and let me know if you are investing in commercial real estate because that's what we talk about on Investor Wednesdays. It's okay if you are. Hey, Naomi. Um, good. How do we, did Josie send you the link? She emailed you the link, Naomi. Check your emails. Hey, Zachary. So those of you that are joining, my question is, and I'll post it here, are you investing? That's what this is all about. Hi, Carol. Nancy says, not yet. There's my friend, Naomi. <laughs> Hello. Can you say hi? Hey, Beth. Can you hear me? I can. I can hear you now. Okay. Awesome. Welcome to Women Investor Wednesday. All right. I'm live. You guys, I'm live, right? Josie says, I'm not live. I'm live. Right? Carol, I'm live. Okay. So I was in there live and then I disconnected us. And um, <laughs> that was a big problem. So, yeah. So Josie's still saying that I'm not, we're live. We're definitely live. Everyone's joining. Yay. How are you? How is your new year? I'm doing fantastic. We had a great new year. We went down to uh, Biltmore State in um, Asheville and had a great time with my family. You know, I have a friend. You guys were there at the same time. We should have connected. Cassandra. Cassandra is in Melbourne and she was in at the Asheville Resort also. Um, Josie's saying that we're not showing up on LinkedIn. Okay. It's not showing up on LinkedIn. You're recording only. You are live on LinkedIn, but pre a previous screen showed pre-recorded. Okay. We're good. We're just going to um, assume that we're all good. So anyway, my friend Cassandra that lives in Melbourne was in Asheville at the Grove Park. So you were at a different place. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not sure if that we were at the Biltmore Estate, which was the the Rockefellers, you know, yeah. huge estate down there. Uh, it was decorated beautifully for Christmas, so it was a really neat time to to go and experience that for Christmas. That's I bet, and it's I heard it's beautiful with lots of uh, lights, right? Decorations. Oh, it was it was really incredible. I mean that the mansion itself is really massive and beautiful, but they had it decorated just amazing for Christmas, and they had uh, musicians, harpists, a choir, the whole nine yards. So it was oh, really I might have to do that next year. Guess where I took my two adult children. <laughs> Um, since you have boys, I'm guessing it was something a little more intense. <laughs> <laughs> I took them to Vegas. Oh, okay. That's a, yep, that sounds about right. Do you guys go like go-karting or something? Yeah. Six days in Vegas is not, I would not recommend for it anyone. Um, so we did do the helicopter to the Grand Canyon. We, um, did kayaking, you know, they, the older one gambled, they're very strict. Mario's 19 and they pretty much kicked them out of every casino and lounge. We, I said, let's just, the, the first night we got there, I said, let's go down to the, we stayed, I had them, we stayed at the cosmopolitan cause I thought it would be fun for them. Cause that's where the young people hang out. Mm -hmm. And, um, we, I said, let's go have a glass of champagne. And we sat down and they carted him right away and said, no, you can't even sit here. So that was kind of a bummer. Very yeah, strict. You were there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But enough about the holidays. We're okay. here to talk about 2023, but also take a look back a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So um, are you an investor? I am an investor. Yay. <laughs> and tell the audience what you have invested in. So we own a couple of short-term rental properties and uh, one of them used to be a, a bed and breakfast actually, and we converted it into a multi-rental short-term rental. Um, and then the other property is also a short-term rental, but it's very unique because it used to, or actually it's a house that's built in the shape of a shoe. Like, <laughs> yeah, literally, it's a house in the shape of a shoe. Uh, three bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms, 1500 square feet. It's it's really uh, the full deal. So we turned it into a short term rental recently. And it's been doing amazing because you can imagine how unique is it right to stay in a shoe house. Um, so th those are our rentals right now. So tell me how you came across the shoe property. Like if the shoe fits, how did that happen? The shoe fits, right? And I've also gotten a lot of jokes about the old lady who lived in the shoe. And I'm like, well, I don't think I classify as old yet, although I do have a couple of gray hairs. Um, but the, the shoe house sale came about because... Um, the gentleman who had owned it previous to us, he was uh, just kind of a, an associate that I knew from work. We were both realtors. And he had approached me asking for a commercial valuation since I'm a commercial realtor and it had a business in it. It used to be an ice cream shop. So I went and looked at the property and I was like, man, I really think it would be better as a short-term rental because they were not making money as the ice cream shop. Um, so, you know, I said, we own this other property that's a short-term rental. We do X, Y, Z. You could do this. It'd be amazing. And then he says, well, why don't you buy it and you do it? And I was like, well, maybe I will. Um, so then we did. Well, how amazing. So they had an ice. So did they live 
above the ice cream or like, did they live there? Uh, the, the folks who owned it before us did not live there. No. Um, it was kind of a tourist attraction where they sold ice cream in the basement and then you could like pay to go through the shoe. Um, but it it had originally been built to be a guest house because the guy who built it owned like this empire of shoe stores and he built it as like this attraction kind of promotional piece for his shoe stores and would let people stay there as guests in the, in the cottage. So it was originally built to be an Airbnb back in the day before that it existed. Um, but, you know, prior to our ownership, it was kind of a, a museum tourist destination. And, but it already had the bedrooms and the bath. Yep, it already did. But it needed basically brought up to modern comfort level, you know, with with uh, plumbing and electrical and things like that. So we did that and then furnished it so that it would be comfortable to stay in and kind of did some refurbished work on the whole outside of the property. And you know that the rule they say, like, think about how much it's going to cost and then double it. Well, it, that definitely was the case. You know, I'm like, yeah, this will be about how much it will cost. Well, it costs twice as much, but it's great. Uh, now. <laughs> and can you share how much you thought you were going to spend versus how much you did? Um, initially we thought it would cost around 30,000 to renovate and ended up that's, spending about 60. That's pretty cheap. 30,000. I would like to renovate my commercial properties for that. Right. So that's my painting bill usually, but right. great. Okay. And so when did you guys close on it? In July. And it took us about three months to go through the kind of restoration renovation and we officially opened for business at the beginning of November and have booked almost completely solid through November and December because, you know, that's a, a high time of the year for people to travel and enjoy things like that. Um, so January has a little bit of, of gaps in occupancy, but it's still doing very, very well. I think so, for Valentine's Day, are you sold out for the people that want to be in the shoe? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, where is, tell everyone what city it is and what state in case they want to book the shoe or, and how, how can they book the shoe? Excellent. Okay. So the shoe house is located in York, Pennsylvania, which is the central region of Pennsylvania. Um, if they want to check it out or book the shoe, they can go to HanesShoeHouse.com. And that'll bring up a link to the, the property and our booking website. So had you, you said you had done short-term rentals before. Mm -hmm. So are you doing the booking yourselves? Is that your, your own site or do you use a site? We use VRBO to, to do the bookings through just because it makes the, the process a whole lot easier. Um, the next step will be to build our own website and take bookings directly though. I've heard, I've had friends that have tried that and then went back to the VRBO, just FYI. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. When, when at the summit, I'll introduce you to some of my friends who have done that. And then you can share stories about that. That's great. Yeah. There's a, a lot of opportunity to learn from other people because there's a lot of pitfalls you can encounter. Exactly. That's why we're having Women Investor Wednesday, and that's why we have the summit. So you you came to the summit last year. I did, yeah. And what? Tell me some of the highlights that you that you had at the summit. 
You know, the, the number one thing that I love about the summit and this type of atmosphere is just being around other women who are doing it and uh, just being able to support and encourage each other and feel like, you know, you're not the only woman out there uh, who's doing it and not to get discouraged when you hear no, because you will hear no an awful lot you know, from banks, from people, if you're writing offers all the time. And just to have that atmosphere where, you know, there's other women there to support you and tell you, hey, I, I learned this or I learned that, you know, it's, it's a huge encouragement. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, Jessica, you know, Jessica Malcolmson, where she had mm -hmm. a, her first shopping center under contract and about, I don't know, four weeks before she was ready to close. Her bank pulled out because of the appraisal. Mm -hmm. She called me in a panic. I said, well, call, get an extension. And, you know, because really sellers, they don't want to start all over with someone new. And it, it, it wasn't her fault. It, you know, it was, it, it had, was a glitch with the bank. Mm -hmm. So I in, introduced her to my banker at Valley Bank and she was able to close a loan with him but luckily she had me and i and in the past i've had other people and it's great to be able to call on people that have done it and say hey you know what was your experience with this or who did you use for this and 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 that i think is one of the great things about the summit not only are we learning from people that are invest investing in all kinds of different asset classes mm -hmm. but we're meeting people that we can learn from also going forward right so yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I still remember very vividly your story about your development project and, you know, doing a development project is next on my list, but I'm like, oh man, there's a lot of things you want to watch out for. So it's good to learn and watch from other people. Absolutely. Now, how many, so you're a CCIM, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Which I am not. So <laughs> you can I, totally do it, Beth. <laughs> I well, I, I remember taking that that first five day one hundred and one class, and I, at the end of it, I'm I'm saying, "Oh my God, why did I tell anyone that I was taking this? What if I fail?" <laughs> it, it it was not easy. And back in the early days, when I was you know doing it, you traveled to small towns around the country. They did not want you at home and have any distractions. Mm. It was not online. You had to leave your home and your work for five days. It was a huge financial and time commitment. Luckily, mm. the one I took happened to have been in Miami, so I was local. But um, the homework and the work, I, I was like, at the end of the, I said, I don't know if I'm going to pass this test. Luckily, I did. And I, and I gave up. I said, I'm not doing any more. It's, it's not too late, Beth. You can no, still do it. No. But I really, really... Um, I have people on a pedestal that have gotten their CCIMs. But the question is, do you think you need your CCIM to be an investor? I mean, I certainly don't have mine and I'm an investor. Do you, what do you think? I'm sure it's helped a lot. I would say that the education has been very helpful. So, you know, the actual designation, you know, that's, that's not really going to do anything for you as an investor, I don't think. I mean, it certainly does for me as a commercial realtor. But as an investor, the education process is extremely helpful because that's where I learned how to like really underwrite deals and how to analyze, you know, like, what is the importance of demographics and traffic counts and how many businesses are in the area and things like that, you know, that really gives you a comprehensive overview that it's, you might not be able to pick up everywhere else. For sure. Well, and you know, what when you were on the first 
summit on the virtual one, right? Yep. How, how did you find out about that? I think I was just following you on LinkedIn and saw awesome. that. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then we had a group that got together after that for a year and you brought us a deal mm -hmm. that we ended up, You did, it, did, did you ever follow up with that? Did anyone ever buy that hotel? So that site is actually under contract. They're tearing the hotel down and making it into retail pad sites. So it could have been a perfect retail site for you, right, Beth? Absolutely, absolutely. But, yeah, they're they're putting in, you know, a, a couple of quick service restaurants and maybe a gas station, things like that. So they're, you know, they're completely redoing it. How many deals do you look at, um, you know, on a monthly basis? Do you look at one, five, two? You know, at, at this point, I am not um, actively looking, I'd say. You know, I've, I've definitely heard the principle, sometimes things start to come to you once you get involved. And, and sometimes that's happened, you know, in the case of the last property we bought that happened. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm in the market on a daily basis as a realtor. And so I see those and it gives me a good opportunity to say, hey, I could underwrite this quickly. And, you know, if it's a good deal, then bring it to the attention of, of several clients. But I'm working on that transition where I'm the client. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the ultimate goal. So. Do, you, do, do you want to stay in short-term rentals or, I mean, at the, the last one that we were just were speaking about was a, it was a hotel and land. So you're, it, it seems like you're wide open. Yeah, I, I really would say I am. I don't really have any interest in office, but the area that I'm in, in central Pennsylvania, there's a huge amount of industrial as there are in a lot of areas of the country. And that's a product that I'd be very interested in owning myself as well as retail or multifamily assets as well. So I'd say I'm opportunistic in that aspect, but you know, you really know your niche, like you really know retail. And so if you're going to be the sponsor on something like that, you're the expert. So I, I do a lot of land deals and development. So I feel like I have a better understanding to be able to do that versus somebody else and would, you know, rather focus my energies on where, I have the most, uh, most background, you know, how long have you been in commercial real estate? Uh, about four years, I believe you're a go-getter. You're already investing four years in. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it. I, I honestly, Beth, maybe this will speak to somebody else, but I was a stay at home mom for 10 years and I spent a lot of time at home with my kids during that time because I had twins and then I had a third one and a fourth one. And oh. so I didn't leave my house much, but I did spend a lot of time reading real estate books, a lot of time and business books. And so, you know, there's a lot of years of like, I wish I could invest, but we didn't have the money or the, the opportunity to do it at that time. So now it's like, hey, now is the time. Uh, but all those years of reading books was kind of the foundation for that, you know? Well, so like my friend Janet, who you met last year, right? Or it probably it, both years, right? She was a stay-at-home mom too. And I said, you need to go out and start buying stuff. So she, I think she, I think there, I don't know how many she's up to now, 30 townhouses or something in Wichita, Kansas of all places. But um, so what, um, how old are your kids now? 
my kids now are all teenagers, so they're between 17 and 13 years of age. And what do they think about their mom? <laughs> That's this becoming this shoe real estate mogul. You know, I thought they would think it was cool and they'd go tell their friends at school. And I think they were a little embarrassed by it. Like, oh boy, what is my mom doing now? My, you know, my mom, that's, that's my mom cool. bought the shoe property. Right. That's how kids are when they're teenagers, right? So I think they were kind of like, oh boy. Uh, and they don't like it that I make them work at the property sometimes too, but you and I both know that's good for them because it gives them the opportunity to get involved and learn, you know, good working principles. So um, I, I'm glad from that aspect that I can involve my kids and have them be able to, you know, experience firsthand what it's like to own the work that's involved and, you know, learn from us. I told my, I've got two. And one is pretty humble and, you know, keeps things to himself. The other one was like, my mom owns five shopping centers. <laughs> my older my older one said, you know, he's going around school saying you own five shopping centers. And so we had to have a talk that night about, um, I own a blade of grass in those shopping centers and you, and you don't own anything yet. So, um, but yeah, when they, when they were younger and they would misbehave or they would want to not go to school or get a bad grade, I'd make them go be the maintenance people at the shopping center. I said, okay, today you're going to go pick up cigarette butts. And then they would come into the office at lunchtime. I go, what, and this is like, you know, it's hot in Florida. I go, what are you doing here? I go, here's your tuna fish sandwich. Go sit on the curb and <laughs> eat it like the maintenance people do. If you don't want to go to school, this is the kind of job you're going to get. Yep. You're going to go pick up cigarette butts at the shopping center. So, but uh, hilarious. Uh, now I'm talking to them. They're 22 and 19 and I'm teaching them about cap rates and I'm talking to them. They play Monopoly all the time. And they're wheeling and dealing, you know, they're, they're trading cards and buying properties so they can get monopolies. And so they're understanding that in, in a strip down here in South Florida, I own three shopping centers all in a row. And then there was this one holdout in the middle and I've been trying to buy it for a long time. And luckily I just got to buy into the partnership of that property. Yay. And so, yeah. Yay. So I, I've been saying, I finally got to buy a percentage of my boardwalk to my park place because mm -hmm. it's going to be, you know, I'll have four in a row, but teaching them about rents and how the rents differ and, you know, the difference between a destination space and an impulse space and why you can get more money and, and how important, but they, because they play monopoly, they get how having the three oranges is way more powerful than one here, one, you know, all over the place. So, yeah. Not that it's bad to own them all over the place, right? No, not at all. <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, but recently, you know, speaking about being an expert and being a sponsor, so it's super hard to find retail deals. Now, obviously I'm buying into partnerships, but it's super mm -hmm. hard to find deals. So in the last year, um, I've invested with Natasha Falcone, who you met last year at the summit. Yep. So I've invested in three of her multifamily deals. I've invested with an industrial investor um, and then and Tracy Prigmore's hotel fund. So I'm now starting I'm kind of investing as a limited partner, basically, instead of a general partner, just because 
deals are super hard to find down here in South Florida, which is typically mm -hmm. where I like to buy. Right. But it also makes you a more diversified owner as well, right? Because, you know, what if for some reason everyone decides to leave Florida, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And your shopping centers are no longer worth something. It's good to be diversified into something else. So, well, and, and I really am enjoying sitting back and going, yes, please send me my investor report and my distribution. Right. But it, it's been, it's, it's been fun being on the other side. So, but um, okay, so you said you really liked learning at the summit. Any other takeaways from the summit? You know, uh, back to Natasha, the woman who um, I've I've invested in three of her multifamily deals. She, her the one that she did before the the one we just closed on last week. She did another one. I think a nine unit, and I think she has twelve partners, and they're all female. Yeah, and eight of them she met at the summit. Yay. There you go. So not only is the summit good for to learn and to hear from women on the stage that have invested in different asset classes, but it's also, you can either learn about a property to invest in, or you can get investors for your own property. So it's kind of a three, three or four, um, you know, different impacts you can get from attending. Right. And, and I would also add another one too, not just contacts for investing, but contacts for banks, uh, you know, contacts, other agents, if you're looking to invest in a different market and you need an agent there, you know, those kinds of things can be invaluable as you're growing our real estate empires. Yeah. So Natasha, Natasha's listening. She's like, yes, yay. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, how many, did you finance the shoe? Yes. Yes, we did. You know, and it's and it's funny because uh, the first short term rental property we bought, it, you know, it's zoned commercial. And so we and we were purchasing it in an LLC. So uh, it had to be a commercial loan. And I got told no by a lot of people. You know, I actually started a spreadsheet and I was like, OK, this one said no. This one said this with, you know, this interest rate with this many points. This one said no. <laughs> I went on down the list. And so I found a good one who did finance it for us. So the second property, I immediately went back to the same lender and I'm like, guess what? I have another property and I'm ready for you to finance it. And they said, no, we don't want to. Oh. I was like, are you serious? So I have to go through this all over again. So, you know, went through the same process again, found a different lender. So, you know, I would say I don't quite understand the lender world. You know, I'm like, they knew me. I was already successful. Why wouldn't they want to finance another one? But maybe it was too much risk for them. Um, you know, but just the good principle of like, you just got to keep at it until you get a yes, because a lot of them are going to say no and act like you're crazy. You know, how many lenders, lot. how many lenders did you go uh, to for property number one? Um, I, I had a couple of brokers who I talked to, you know, who would like have mortgage brokers. Yeah. Mortgage yeah. brokers who would have multiple resources, but I, you know, probably called 10 myself and then had brokers looking at other ones as well. And then what about number two, the shoe? Uh, number two, I, my previous uh, turn around had kind of showed me like, hey, this one's not going to do it at all. This one might consider it. So I got a little more efficient, maybe talked to seven different lenders until I got the one that, you know, gave me a reasonable deal and was willing to finance it. 
So Deborah Mayers, who she remember last year at the summit, I had a lender panel where mm -hmm. we had the woman from Pritzmo Mutual Life, um, one of the local community banks down here in Miami, and uh, and a mortgage broker. So this year um, our event is in Orlando, so we have a, a community bank from Orlando, and Deborah is going to be on the panel. So yeah, she'll give us some insight into getting loans. I, you know, what I always tell the ladies is start now. You know, they say, how do I get started? And I say, well, drive around, you know, figure out the asset class, figure out the geography and call banks, mm -hmm. start having coffees or go to their offices, just start understanding because maybe, like you said, maybe that bank didn't want you to have two properties or maybe they didn't want, maybe they were heavy on short-term rentals. Sometimes, mm -hmm. certainly a few years ago when everyone thought retail was dead, it was, there were certain banks or, or lenders that weren't into retail, right? right. And, mm -hmm. and now it's the opposite. Now there's a lot of people that want to get back into retail because they see how it just bounced back so fast quickly after COVID. So yep. Yep. well, you know, I love having the lender panel represented because they can give us so much insight and give us ideas of, you know, what do we need to do? Right. Yep. So I think that that's besides having the eight women representing different asset classes, we have the lender panel that will give us some insight too. Right. And I, I think it's good to keep in mind too, that even if a traditional lenders say no, that doesn't, even me, no, right? Because there's other people who have money who can finance it, you know, if you find good private money lenders. So, you know, no doesn't really mean no, unless you've really exhausted all opportunity. Well, remember the the young woman last year that was that bought was buying her first self-storage deal. I think she said she went to 57 lenders, right? Or some stupid. <laughs> it was like a crazy number. Crazy. Yeah. And then she and then she ended up finding a, a hard money lender. I'm like, oh my gosh. But mm -hmm. then she leased it, leased a bunch of it up and then was able to refinance with a traditional lender. So sometimes mm -hmm. you do short term. You know, Natasha um, has been lucky lately, and I've been lucky because I'm her limited partner to do seller financing. Mm -hmm. You know, you've so that's happening a lot lately yep. with, with certain properties and asset classes. Mm -hmm. So Michelle Hernandez said, I'm looking at the pictures of the shoe. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to figure, this is how I got in trouble earlier and why I ended the bro broadcast by accident. It was I was trying to bring up a picture of the shoe. And it, and there's a place where I can do picture in a picture and, but it didn't work. And I left the studio and Josie's like, you ended the broadcast. So, you know, I'm good at retail and investing and putting on summits. I'm not really good at this stuff, but, um, but we're, we're, we do the best we can. Right. Right. We're so glad we have Josie's who know how to do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yep. All yep. right. So um, are you joining us in March in Orlando? Oh, definitely. I'll be there. Awesome. So it's March 8th. It also happens to be International Women's Day. Awesome. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the night before we have um, a VIP dinner, there's only, guess what? Five seats left for VIP. Ooh. Crazy. And for anyone that wants to sign up tonight, Josie told me the, the, Word. Okay. For anyone that wants to sign up tonight and um, get a 25% discount, I think it's only $297. It's pretty cheap. You know, we're basically just covering our costs. But if you want to sign up tonight 
for anyone that's listening to this live, the ta- the the whatever the keyword is called women invest. So women w o i w o m e n invest, and you will get twenty five percent off the whopping charge of two hundred and ninety seven dollars. Awesome. So, oh, Josie joined. Four VIPs left. So. The 25% is not off of the VIP. It's just off the general admission because the dinner is going to be amazing at the hotel at a very fancy restaurant. Awesome. But yeah, so and Natasha said she met some lenders directly at the summit last year. So that's another great opportunity. The, some of the sponsors, I have um, lawyers that are sponsoring, personal financial advisors, an insurance company, an accounting firm, lenders. So we're bringing in sponsors that can like, you know, someone called me and it was completely unrelated to what we're doing and they wanted to sponsor. I'm like, no, this has nothing to do with women investing in real estate. I'm not going to take your money. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, so I'm excited, Naomi, to see you on March 8th. Yeah, I'm excited to be there. Are you going to buy any deals between now and then or are you just going to continue to book out the shoe? Um, well, if the opportunity comes, if the shoe fits, right, you got to do it. <laughs> if the shoe fits. If the shoe All fits. Right. No, All I, right. Oh, there's I, Masha. So Masha just joined. She was the one that had, I, I, I know I'm getting the number wrong, Masha, but it was like 57 lenders she went to. We were like, what? Yeah. Right? I know. That's, that's determination. That's awesome. Well, she, you yeah. know, anyone that's going to do that will be successful in investing in real estate. Right, right, exactly. Right. Yeah, you so, know, I, I would say one unique thing about the the shoe house was like everything was a learning experience because it's such a unique property, you know. So when I was first getting started in investing, I was like, well, I really don't, I really don't know, right? And that can hold back a lot of women. And it certainly held me back, but you know, I got to the point where I realized you just have to get in and start, and then you sometimes you do make mistakes, but you learn along the way, and that's how you how you do it. So it was just interesting with this property because, you know, I'm like, okay, how much is a fair price to pay for a shoe shaped house? <laughs> There's no comparables to tell you what it should be, you know, right. and then all my CCIM training, do you do the income approach? Do you do the replacement <laughs> approach? Right. Do you do the comparison approach? You do right. all that stuff and you still don't know. Right. right. So it, it's just a very, it was a very unique experience, but it just reinforces the fact that you just got to learn as you go. Right. And you'll learn from that, right? And yeah, yep. who would I what approach? That's so true. Is it the income approach? I don't think so. Right. And it's the same thing with, you know, pricing it for the nightly rate. Like, well, what's a fair price to pay? There's no comparables to say, you know, how much are willing people to pay? And yeah. do, so I presume you can pay you can charge more than a typical uh a typical short-term rental, right? Yeah, so we added a premium, but you know, who's to say it's the right premium, right? You just we're kind of well, you know, you just got to keep raising it until people say no, and then you know you've hit your peak. Yep. So that's what I need to start doing, right? Raising the price. (laughs) Well, especially when you say you sell out all of November and December. If you start selling out April, May, June, and July, you definitely need to raise the price. For yep. sure, because that you are the epitome of supply and demand. There's no other shoe, right, that, that you're aware of. 
right exactly so okay that's gonna be well, my takeaway beth i'm gonna go raise my price go, absolutely <laughs> um and then masha so i was completely wrong on the 57 lenders 132 <gasps> <laughs> that masha's middle name is determination persistence right. and not giving up that's right that's awesome that's all okay. right. Yeah. And Natasha said she learned that from me. If you're fully booked, you need to raise the price. Yep. Right? Yep. Well, Naomi, I'm so happy. Congratulations on the shoe. For all of those of you that did not go and look at the shoe, check it out. I think it's I think the shoe was on your biopic. I, I tried to pull up the shoe. You guys just need to go. Is it is it in your LinkedIn picture? Um I don't think it is, but I could. You need to do a LinkedIn post on the shoe. I, I did when when we first put it up in November, but I could reshare it for people. Well, and well, now you need to say I am the, you know, not the old woman in the shoe. And you need to like talk about how fun it is. Lisa, I mean, just do a post on just now we've owned it for three months and I was fully booked. And December no in November, maybe you'll get some people on LinkedIn to rent nights. Okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> All right, so I'll see you in March. And for everyone else that wants to sign up, you've got the uh, code for off of general membership, uh, Women Invest. We are going to be doing a Women Investor Wednesday every Wednesday between now and the summit. And we're going to bring different women that represent different asset classes, multifamily, self-storage, mm -hmm. um, you name it, they're coming on. And so join us every Wednesday between now and March 8th at 6 p.m. And next time I won't have any technical difficulties. Okay. Bye, everyone. Happy New Year. Thanks, Beth. Thanks, Naomi.